0: Hello and welcome to The Age Stage, a program that looks at issues and matters affecting older Australians, made possible by Aftercare Australasia. I'm Paula Dunn and joining me today is Steve Myers. Welcome, Steve.
1: Hey, welcome back. Yes, yeah. Sitting in for uh, Mr Bondi, he's not around today. Yes. yes.
0: He's on a mission. He's he? on a mission, is he? I think he might
1: be. How's he it going, must... William? I hope you're listening. <laughs> yeah. He
0: must get sick of those jokes. So anyway. he... I, I couldn't used to it, actually. Yeah, he'd yeah. have to be, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so what a week it's been, Steve. It's been unbelievable. Wow, first yeah. the government announcing an overhaul and guarantee in the aged care sector and then now the Royal Commission. Wow. Yes.
1: And as we saw uh, flashing on the headlines earlier mm-hmm. today that uh, the dementia people are going to get a bit of a looking yes. like at that Royal Commission yeah. too. But looks yeah, and like. so, so they uh, should. Yeah, yeah. We'll be talking a bit more about that later. In we the certainly yeah. will, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're going to chat today to Craig Gere from the Elder Rights Advocacy group. Um, So he'll be joining us to give some background Mm. on the week's call for the uh, for the Royal Commission. Excellent. And it's also Dementia Awareness Month, as we I think we spoke about that last week Mm. as well. And we're going to be talking to Mari Norman, Ah, who's regional director for Tasmania and Victoria, and she's going to be talking to us about dementia Mm. and Dementia Month. And then I'm excited. Paul McCartney. Do you know yes. he's 76?
1: It's unbelievable, isn't it?
0: Unbelievable. He was my pin-up boy, I tell you. Anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, he's looking pretty good for his age. Yeah, I too, know. Yeah.
0: And, and so he's put out a new album.
1: Yes, he has. Yes. And it's looking like it's quite a good yeah. one and a controversial one. There's yes. a few songs about Trump in there, I believe. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: he's he's got a song, Happy, which I believe we're going to play at the very end of this show, so stay tuned, everyone. Mm. But first of all, we'd like to welcome our regular visitor, Warren Haynes from Aftercare Australasia. Welcome, Warren.
2: Ah, thank you very much, Paula. Thanks, Steve. Lovely to be here, as always.
0: So how's your week been with whatever's been going on? Well, yes. yes. <laughs> Pandora's box is now opened.
2: It's, uh, and I and, uh, look, I, I guess... It's probably a lot of this news and information coming out. You know, we were just talking uh, beforehand about the Four Corners expose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, that's shocked a lot of people. Mm. Unfortunately, I have to say that as someone that's been in the industry for a long time, I didn't find any of it shocking, Mm. I I think. What's astonished me is it's taken so long, um, for governments to actually start paying attention to these issues because yes. they've been around for a very a long time. Isn't
1: usually the way before we get to a yes, royal it's commission? Like, it's like things build up and build yeah. up. And insiders that know yeah. the industry know what's going on, yeah. but mm. it takes something like this to yeah. make it more
0: public. Yeah. It's like, do you have to get the brick on the head, you know? <laughs> you know, because it's, it's very similar to the banking, mm. uh, the royal commission into banking, you know? Everybody yes. knew the rorts that were going on, but, you know, mm. it, it's like you've got to hit that ceiling before anything actually happens.
2: Yeah, look, I, I think it's also, there is a bit of... Uh Perhaps a bit of ageism going on in the community mm. as well, where mm. people tend to, um, not think that it's as important. I mean, obviously, if it's your family member that's being affected, yes. then it's very important mm. and it's very mm. distressing. But, but if it's not right in front of you, there's just an assumption that mm. those sorts of services are being operated properly. I mean, there's, mm. as we were talking about, there, there's billions of dollars being poured yes. into this as yes. an industry. Yes. Um, but I also think that it, As an industry, it probably has got away with, um, you know, not having enough scrutiny because there's a widespread perception that these sorts of services are largely run by not-for-profit organisations. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to be run by, you know, uh, health services mm-hmm. and, and sort of government-funded, directly government-run services. Um, and what most people don't realise these days and, and over the last sort of 10 years is that there's been an enormous investment by uh, private, uh, the private sector mm-hmm. uh, with investors and, and the backing of finance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, into this area because they've seen it as being a very lucrative industry to mm. get
0: into.
2: Lucrative, really. Mm, extremely, yeah. Um, you know, again, uh, I was sort of looking at some figures, and I think they were a couple of years back, so they're slightly out of date. Right. And they were showing that... Um, well, I did a few sort of you know back of envelope calculations, <laughs> and to me it was coming out as though the operators were um, showing something across the industry were showing something in the order of about seventeen percent profit.
0: Wow, um, that was Ooh.
2: two years ago. Wow, uh, and if you think that a significant proportion of operators operators not for profit organisations, mm. you'd think that for the organisations that are operating as a on, on a for profit basis. And that actually means they're making even more mm. than that figure yeah, that I was exactly. quoting. Yeah. You no, know, this is an average, obviously. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, well, the industry itself is a twenty-two billion dollar a year, a year is industry.
1: That, that much a year? Wow!
0: I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah
1: isn't I can't. Even
0: no, we can't comprehend, can we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I watched the program on Four Corners, and I was so sad. It was mm. just so sad. But what occurred to me was, as I was watching it. Um, and, you know, there was one particular case where this lady had been prescribed this cocktail of psychotic, antipsychotic drugs, and she was just in a state. Her, fa- her family took her out of the facility and home, and she recovered. And, and you know, she, yes, she had dementia, but she was back to her cool. normal self. Oh, and what occurred to me at that time was the importance, and you'd be able to um, validate this, warrant of... You know, staying in your own home and with your own surroundings and your own family, mm. you know, like, um, and having care in home, which is what aftercare Australasia um, provide is care in home. And so, you know, keeping people out of these places uh, where they're being treat- not treated well.
2: Yeah, well, again, going back to your comment about the, the amount of money that's poured in, mm. um, unfortunately, a, a really large proportion of the funding goes towards residential support. So mm. so aged care homes basically. Mm. That's what mm. most people would know them as. Mm. And only a very small proportion of that money goes into home care packages. Even though, again, there is enormous unmet demand for home care packages, so what again, would
0: be the figure for that?
2: Or? Well, look, I, I'd, I'd probably have to come back to you next mm. week to give you an accurate mm. figure. But what I can tell you is that um, uh, I think there was last time I looked, there was something in the order of about sixty thousand uh, people who were potentially going to be eligible for a home care package mm-hmm. mm. that didn't have funding allocated, Mm -hmm. whereas the other side of that on the nursing home side of things is that nursing homes are operating at about sort of 80 to 90% occupancy. So they've got 10% of their beds that are actually Mm. not being used Mm. on one side of it and Mm -hmm. still getting enormous amounts of funding poured into that part of the industry. Mm -hmm. And the other side of it is that there's a a great big list of people who um, have been told that they're eligible for a home care package but they can't get any services because they're waiting for the funding to be yeah. allocated. Yeah. Um, I know one figure that I did uh, hear of recently... People that are waiting for a level four mm-hmm. uh, package, so the highest level. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh the the advice they're getting is that that
1: may take up to two years.
0: Well, see that for them is, to get
1: the that's funding. Crazy. And from what I understand, and we've talked about this on this program before, on one of the various shows mm-hmm. I was on once before. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact number, but it's something like way over ninety percent of people are actually at home, aren't they? Like. Yeah. Yes.
2: yes. Absolutely. Look. You know. Again, nursing homes. Don't get me wrong. Nursing homes. Um, it, it, it's a. It's a very demanding uh, mm-hmm. sort of environment, sure. yep. and the staff that work there, the majority mm-hmm. of them, are. You know, they need to be very skilled. Uh, I think the one of the issues that they face is simply that they don't have enough time in their day to mm-hmm. do their job properly. Yes. Right, yeah. uh, but. But the. Uh, sorts of support needs that they're dealing with uh, they're often quite complex by the time people can no longer uh, live at home um, you know they've often got difficulties moving around they Mm. may have a a more advanced level of dementia Um, they may well have other complicating health issues but, again, that leads me to, you know, one of the other things that seems to be becoming clear with some of this light that's being shone on residential care, on nursing homes, is that um, despite those complex needs, there aren't enough staff, mm. uh, clearly, mm-hmm. uh, and there aren't enough qualified nurses. Yes. Um,
0: now what I th- thought as I was watching the program once again was why couldn't it be that as part of the diploma or degree of nursing that um, the person is, is required to, to do some sort of like a year a, a, in the aged care facilities or, you know, um, nursing homes uh, as part of their diploma or degree, just like you would, you know, um, and you would know this, you're a nurse mm. or a Oh, yeah. I still am a registered yeah. nurse,
2: a registered Division yeah. one nurse. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: so you would have had to do time, well, do time, do, <laughs> do an experience in a psychiatric
2: yes. area Look, you, department you, you, you do field. You do get opportunities to sort of do placements across a range of different areas of nursing. Yep. Mm. These days nursing has become more and more specialised, mm. so you don't always get to um, get a sort of a, a, a taste of every sort of discipline within within the broader nursing field yeah um, but I, I look honestly I, I think the issue is a little bit uh, a little bit bigger than that mm-hmm. um, one of the problems with with this um, these um, staffing ratio um again mm. issues that have yes. been highlighted the fact yeah. that there are no uh, there's no regulation on that there's a mm. very generic sort of clause that just says you should you know something along the lines of there should be reasonable levels of staff mm. mm. um, is that nurses won't tolerate working in a substandard environment like that so mm. even if you get nurses to apply to those positions once they realise what the working conditions are like, Yes, they won't stay there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you you contrast that mm. to um, the hospital sector, the yes. actual health sector, yes. where there are very clear, um, strong uh, regulations and guidelines around uh, nurse to patient ratios, yes. um, there's very clear uh, career structures, mm-hmm. um, there's opportunities for professional development, you can move between departments. Compared mm. to that, Unfortunately, mm. nursing homes have become the poor cousin. You know, they're the backwater.
0: Well, you're looking at a course, six week course, to become a personal care assistant. Yes. Now, and that's to care for someone who possibly has, you know, major psychological issues, dementia, yes. mm. you know, health issues, yeah. um, and and all the other things that go with aging. Yes. You know, so how can that? It's not the personal care attendant's fault. They've had six weeks training. Yes. Now, I just updated a recent first aid uh, certificate. And just in that in one day, and just the amount of information we had to learn in that one day to Mm. pass that certificate, Mm. it occurred to me, my goodness, a nursing degree would be full on.
2: Mm. Yes, honestly, we get quite a steady stream of of, um, you know, personal carers, they're often referred to, or personal care workers, yes. uh, coming and applying for, for positions with us, mm. uh, really on the basis that they want to get out of residential aged mm. care. Um, they often can get, um, you know, more, more sort of regular hours of work, yep. working in the aged care homes. But in spite of that, um, you know, what we find is that <coughs> the ones that really want to care for people, Um, they they want to have that time to be able to do a thorough job and get to know the person and be respectful. Yeah. Day, they actually want to do the they want to do the, the home care, mm. uh, even if it means you know working early mornings, working evenings, yeah. uh, working weekends. Um, it, it's still more attractive to them, and that's the other thing that happens is that. And again, I'm not saying that that everybody that works in nursing homes, uh, you know, isn't isn't you know a good person. I think there are sure. a, it's full of people that yes. are t- really trying yes. hard, mm. but the ones that that really have a heart. Mm. In the end, they can't stomach the conditions. Well, that's what—that's
0: how the program came about. Yeah. It was a group of people that just could not, from personal care attendants to nurses to, mm. you know, uh, doctors, mm. they just could not stay within yes. the environment. So that, in itself, tells you there has to be some sort of investigation into the environment.
2: Yes. Although that said, I, I, my personal opinion is that that a royal commission is a is an awful lot of money to spend on something that really some fairly basic scrutiny mm. What <laughs> will the Royal Commission actually do? Yes. Do, you, do you understand well, that works? The main thing that I understand is that the, the, the Royal Commission, they have powers to compel people to tell them what's going on yep. whether they want to disclose the information mm. or not. That's mm. really I think what we've seen, for mm. instance, in the Banking Royal Commission yeah. mm. is that they, they do have that, that power to do that but as I said, for people that are in the industry and mm. for um, there 's lots of advocacy organizations involved in in mm. this sector now um, it really it would be far quicker and easier to just go and have a conversation with them yeah. and spend the money that that 's going to go on the Royal Commission on mm. actually uh improving the services mm. and and going over the regulations again it's uh because we work in uh disability services as mm. well mm. uh it's interesting at times to contrast the uh the approach that's uh taken particularly with the Victorian um disability services mm. um uh, part of the department uh where you know they've they've just recently rolled out a uh, what they call a zero tolerance mm. uh policy which is Really, really tough on trying to drive out that culture that supports abuse mm. um, so exactly the issues that we 're seeing in aged care yes. and there 's nothing that can that's comparable mm. that 's occurring in the aged care space mm. um, Interesting. and that's mm. you know so the, so some of those solutions are. Right there, ready to go it would mm. just simply be a case of picking that whole concept up and rolling it out yeah. um, into the aged care sector uh, and similarly yeah. this this issue with staffing ratios, it's a bizarre thing again I kind of I kind of wear a lot of hats mm. and uh, <laughs> uh, I've got a a family member who uh, who runs a child care centre mm. and we often have conversations about how extraordinary it is that you can run a nursing home and the proprietor can just decide themselves, you know, how many people they want to employ and Mm -hmm. Mm. what's necessary. And you you hear these horror stories of, Mm. you know, one worker to 16 elderly frail residents Mm. with dementia. Yes. uh, We'll contrast that to um, childcare where it's, it's actually in the regulations. You have to have, you have to have, people that have a teaching qualification, mm. you have to have uh, people that have a diploma level of qualification, mm-hmm. and then you have people with a Certificate three level of qualification, similar to a personal care worker mm. in a nursing home. But you actually, across the day, you have to ensure that you have the right numbers of staff. It's, it's actually set in concrete, and you can get your backside kicked you yes. don't yes. meet those yeah. regulations.
0: Yeah, um, and You yet, wonder where occupational health and safety comes into that. Well, uh, yes, but I think the other thing, I'll go back to my original point, it, mm. it, there
2: really is almost this type of discrimination against older people. So yeah. on the one hand, you've got frail, vulnerable children mm. and they get, you know, this very high standard of uh, regulation that says, you know, this is how you have to do it and if you don't do it, well you know, goodness me, we're going to come down on you like a ton of bricks. Uh, And yet you know once you apparently once you're over 65 you know well, who cares and you know just be grateful for whatever you get and yes. and uh, you know stay in your room and be quiet basically
0: there was a comment made last night which was i thought was stunning and this woman said there's more effort put into um the export of our animals
1: yes than yes than there mm. is
0: into the care mm. of our elderly mm. citizens mm. and i just thought that was Just so sad. It
1: it, it would
2: seem to be the case. It really
1: would. Do you think the Royal Commission will make a difference? Well,
2: uh, I certainly think it shines a very intense spotlight onto these issues. And because the process of a Royal Commission... Produces very clear, detailed recommendations. Mm. It it does make it very hard for whichever government is in power to to sort of you know ignore those or sweep it under the carpet. Mm. So it does create some momentum. I think yeah. I think it, from that point of view, it, it's it, it it would seem that it is now unfortunately yeah. necessary. Mm. But it, it it's just a shame because a lot of this, as I said, a lot of this, when you hear it, you just mm. think, oh, that's just. Obviously wrong. I mean, yeah. yeah fancy, yeah. fancy living on $6 a day for, exactly. for food every That's day. That's yeah. right. Two After selling
0: dollars. your home and putting up the $400,000 yeah. bond, you were <laughs> yeah. living, you know, you. there was a woman on the program last night and she woke early, you know, say six o'clock in the morning. It was three and a half hours before she was actually gotten out of bed. Right. Yes. And she, she was in a, you know, a wet, state soiled mm. Mm. and you know in the dark yeah. yes because there was not a, the the attendant there was not enough of them well yes. that's what they were mm. claiming mm. Yes. to actually get her up
2: and that's look that's one of the things I just to sort of com- compare that to how home care works um, is that you, you might only get a couple of hours of support a day mm. but you get the support when you, you want need it, yeah. Yes. So you know, yeah. if, if you're if you tend to wake up at seven in the morning, yeah. well, that's when your carer will we'll be able to come mm. and uh, shower. Yes, mm. and then they're going and 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 the other thing is they're just there for you. There is yes. no... the ratio yeah. is one to one. one. Yeah, yeah uh, that's true. For yeah, the time that they're there, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's no other distractions. So
0: mm. Warren, with the Royal Commission, will there be a represented uh, component of home care? Do you think? At well, the...
2: it will be interesting to see. I yeah. haven't had a chance to sort of look at mm. the details. I'm not actually sure whether they've announced that level of detail yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but certainly, uh, again, I'd have to emphasise all of the issues that we're hearing about all the horror stories yeah. seem to be coming from the uh, the nursing home yeah. sector, the residential yeah. sector. Yeah. Um, and I think there are a couple of reasons for that. I'm not sitting here for one minute saying that, that you know everything's perfect that happens at home. There are sure. occasionally mm. issues that come up, but it would be, in my experience, it would be extraordinary for them to get to the sort of level that we're seeing in mm. this, you know, mm. in, on television yes. and in the news. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's, oh, there's a number of reasons for that. One is, The care occurs in the person's home. So even, even a person who may be frail and may be a bit vulnerable is much more likely to speak up for themselves Mm. in their own home. Exactly. Um, Because that's, you know, that's their place. Mm. They're the, they're the person that calls the shots there. It just, just makes sense that that's that's how it works. Mm. So people do tend to be much more outspoken. They also, there are no restrictions on uh, family access. You do hear about that, that Mm. families particularly when they have concerns all of a sudden sort of find themselves not very welcome Mm. uh, at the nursing home. Mm. But when it's their parents' home, Mm. well... Often they're living there to yeah. start with, yeah. and if they're not, they're often in the neighbourhood. Mm. Uh, they've and got their own key. They've got yeah, their that's own right. key. They yes. can turn up anytime. anytime. There's yep. friends and neighbours. Mm. I mean, I, yep. I saw a lady just literally yesterday who's starting on a home care package with us, and... Um, she had a fantastic network of supports, mm. even though she didn't have immediate family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, just in the space of my visit, she had a neighbour who was a, a, an ambulance officer come mm. past with mm. his young daughter and, um, you know, they exchanged a, a, a present at the gate, which yeah. was rather gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, I had to pop back later on just to check something, um, and check a detail with her. And she wasn't home. She was across the road at her neighbours and mm. the neighbour saw the car there and <laughs> came yeah. running yeah. over to it. We <laughs> know that that's where she was. The
0: network <laughs> was alerted. Exactly. Yeah,
2: but, but what it means is. You're very accountable. Our workers are extremely accountable for yeah. what they're doing. They've got mm. the whole community watching. Yeah. Did they come, in, come on time? Mm. You know, are they doing their job yeah, properly? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's not hidden away behind walls and gates. Yes,
0: yeah, and mm. nor should it be. And we're going to have to leave it there for this week, Warren. And we were it's really on a quickly, roll. Hasn't hasn't it's not it, yeah, it? it? Yeah, But we wow. could have gone on <laughs> for, and we will continue yes, with next absolutely. week's program. Yes. So thank you, Warren, for um, visiting us again this week and we'll yes, see, you see you next week.
2: My pleasure.
0: Okay. Great. So you're tuned to rpp FM, and this is the Age Stage. When we come back, Craig Gear from the Elder Rights Advoc- Advocacy Group always have trouble saying advocacy. Good word. Joining us to background this week's call for a royal commission into the aged care sector.
1: Mm, interesting. Yeah, it okay. will be back soon.
0: Yeah. And welcome back to the Age Stage, and we have a guest with us now, Steve Craig Gear. And um, Craig is from the Elder Rights Advoc- Advocacy Group. There's that mm, word again. There's that word. Well, um, so welcome, Craig. How are you? Good, thanks. That's good. So, Craig, there's a lot been happening over the last few days.
3: There has. I mean, there's been a long run up to this, I think, and there's been a number of uh, either sort of consumer type groups or. Uh, people raising their concerns mm-hmm. uh, for a while. But um, uh, we, we've we had some action in the pipeline and we've got quite a bit more action now.
0: So, Craig, do you think the Royal Commission is needed?
3: I do, I do. Um, it's unfortunate, but I think we've got such a complex aged care system and, and what I'm hearing from our advocates is that... Um, uh, things like what they saw in Four Corners last night is not um, unusual for them to hear about.
0: Really? Um, I thought But that a was lot of this horrendous. is around yeah.
3: how a very large, complex system works as a system. And I think that's the challenge at the moment.
0: Mm. Mm, terrible. So why do you think it's got to this, to, to this point?
3: Um, we have had a series of reforms that have come in over the last... Getting close to a decade now, um, some of those have been good things, like the focus on trying to give consumers uh, of community aged care more uh, control over what their services are and how those services are delivered and what they want from their services. I think that's a good thing. Yes. Um, when you start to do those sorts of reforms, though, it's sometimes the interplay between those different systems, like my aged care and ACAT services, those sorts of things the move from states and territories providing services to the Commonwealth providing them. that That's when those sort of un, unintended consequences start to play out. Uh, so it's always good to stop, pause and have a look at how can we do this better.
0: Some of the stories, though, last night or on the program on Four Corners were were just, you know unbelievable to people mm. outside of the industry looking in um, and horrifying, especially as we are heading to that age. I mean, it's, you know, the last place on earth you'd want to be if that continues to happen, and surely it can't.
3: Absolutely. So I, I went to, um, I suppose my, my heart went to that woman who was there, uh, I suppose, singing for the sake of the yes. destruction the Australian anthem yes. or and yeah. and yeah. that then of having my own grandmother in residential care at the moment and going goodness is that what she's doing yeah, and the other right. thing for me was about the lack of listening to mm. sit and listen and have a conversation with people that that uh, that was is absolutely concerning and we need to do better.
0: Yes, I think one one of the care attendants quoted that they had one minute to shower. A a resident, and so showers weren't happening because they, yeah, it just wasn't the time uh, to shower. How again, do you shower to, someone?
3: There is a bit there. It comes down to choice mm. about someone saying, "Well, look, I don't want to have a shower every day. Mm. Um, I'm quite that." But but for those who want it, to say, "Well, no, they want they need to have the levels of support, the level of staffing, the staff with the right attitudes, the staff with the right training to be." They're ready to respond to them, and that, that sort of level of support and service is not right.
1: Craig, I'm curious. Before all this uh, four corners show, and now the royal commission, mm-hmm. how much of what was going on were you aware of? In your group, aware of?
3: Sure. So, so we, so our organisation, or the elder rights advocacy in Victoria, is actually part of a group called. OPAN, which I'm the CEO of, which mm-hmm. is the Older Persons Advocacy Network. Um, we've been sort of talking with each other for probably the last five years and, and formed an, an organisation about 18 months ago. And our advocates uh, have been seeing this stuff and talking to us about these sorts of things mm. um, for a number of years. We, we actually held the world's largest elder abuse conference in Sydney in February. Right. And we were talking there about the, the risks of this sort of thing happening in a complex system. And I think I think um, positively um, these things are rare. Yeah. Um, elder abuse happens sort of probably more predominantly sort of outside of residential aged care. But one case of abuse and neglect is one case too many.
0: Um, Yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so what sorts of things are presented to you and your group, Craig?
3: It can be a whole range of things. It can be people saying, I don't know how to navigate the system or I'm trying to navigate the system and I'm getting blockages.
0: Mm.
3: Um, It can be issues of I don't understand my rights and what I'm entitled to. It can be that I've tried to raise concern to the provider of my aged care services and and I don't know how to raise it or I've raised it and they're not listening to me. And so that's when our services at OPAN and Elder Rights Advocacy can um, step in and sort of support someone to either raise it themselves because some people say, no, I want to be able to do this. I want, I'm want i an adult. I want mm. to be able to raise these things and get results myself.
4: <laughs> yes. And we can walk
3: alongside people. We can also step in and, 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 and actually say, your, your, um, where people want us to, uh, uh, will help. You, we'll help raise this on your behalf.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you think, um, in your role, Craig, that it, it's that the Royal Commission ca- came because of what the program Four Corners was going to show, or do you think do you think that pushed that along? that the announcement for that, it just seemed to me rather coincidental that the announcement for the Royal Commission happened like the day before the program was to go to air, you know, on the ABC.
3: Yeah, so there's there's slightly a confluence of issues. Yes. Um, I think we did have the really stark reality of Oakden, South Australia, that mm-hmm. came up mm-hmm. uh, about 12, 18 months ago. Um, and the system has been trying to put in place reform. And I suppose reform and change can never come quick enough. Yeah. Particularly, and that's one of the things that OPAN is calling for mm. and ERA is calling for, is that we don't want this Royal Commission to stop the action that needs to happen now. Mm. Mm. That sort of action is about training. That's about allowing people to understand their rights. Uh, that's about having greater access to advocacy services so that people can help and have assistance to stand up for their rights. Mm-hmm. We can't have the Royal Commission be the uh, the reason why those sorts of things don't happen. That's so right. there mm-hmm. was some things happening already. Um, I'm hoping that this might accelerate things. I'm, I'm
0: concerned that it might also slow some of the change that's needed down. Mm. So, Craig, do you think that people are generally better off uh, kept at home, if possible, with home care packages and things like that, as as opposed to going into um, residential care?
3: Look, um, I'm a champion of community care uh, for the sake of the choice uh, and control that it gives you. However, it doesn't mean that residential care is not right. No, that's uh, not. I think both parts of the system. But if we can uh, keep people in safe environments in homes, and uh provide them wrap around the support services they need, I think that's a fantastic thing. Mm. Uh, if those things uh, aren't there, I think absolutely residential, but it's not necessarily a, a one-size-fits-all. No. Uh, it's about, uh, again, it's about choice and control. That's the most important thing to have uh wherever you may be.
0: And it showed on the program that, you know, certainly the... You know, the uh, instances that were shown on Four Corners that they didn't have control. There was no control f- for those no, ex- exactly, that suffering. No, exactly. To terrible. be stuck
3: in bed and not be able to get, get out, out, not have
0: that sort yeah. of to do that. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's horrendous. Yes. Yeah. And so what other things do you, does your organisation um, advocate for, Craig? Sure.
3: So our, our, our organisation is very much on... Uh, frontline support for individuals. So people can call us on 1800, 700 600 and they can get to speak to an advocate that can give you that advice and support. So we do the information, we do education and we do the advocacy support as well for individuals. But I suppose because of the stories that we start to hear through that,
0: Yes, well, that's great to know. And so that phone number again was 1-800-700-600, which is a great phone number. Great number, isn't it? Nice yeah. yeah. and, no, uh, and easy to remember. It yeah. is. It is fantastic <laughs> because it is about time people started listening.
3: Absolutely. We're here to listen. We're here to talk to us first.
0: Thank you, Craig. Thanks so much for that. No
3: problem. Thank you all. Bye Thank now. you your yeah. listening.
0: To The Age Stage. I'm Paula Dunn and my co host today is Steve Myers. Hello. Hello, Steve. (laughs) Uh, The Age Stage is made possible by Aftercare Australasia. And with us now, Steve, we have um, Mari Norman. Uh, It's Dementia Awareness Month. Yes, that's right. Mari is the Regional Director of Dementia Dementia Awareness for Tasmania and Victoria. So, welcome, Mari. Oh,
4: thank you very much for having me.
0: It's good that you can join us. So tell us about Dementia Awareness Month. What what happens during this time? And I know okay. it's been going for the month of September, hasn't
4: it? Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. So Dementia Awareness Month is Dementia Australia's national awareness-raising campaign. We hold every year throughout September. Um, the theme for this September is small actions, big difference, and it will highlight small actions people can take to to create a big difference in people impacted by dementia and their family and carers so we're asking the community to pledge their support by becoming a dementia friend Mm -hmm. and make a positive difference to the lives of people living with dementia Um, Mm. so throughout the dementia friends program we want to transform I guess the way we think act and talk about dementia maybe take away some of the stigma that's involved there
0: yeah and what is that stigma do you think
4: I think it's um, people are a little afraid sometimes mm, um, that, of the unknown and, and maybe people have changed and things aren't quite the same and, and they react in a way that can, you know, sometimes I guess be a little um, uncertain of what, what it is and what what they don't understand, I suppose.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. I suppose, like, from my experience, I've had a few grandmothers and uh, older uncles who have uh, had dementia, and and the big shock for the family was, like, walking into a room and they don't recognise you or they don't know you anymore. And I think a lot of people are scared of going through that.
0: So you can imagine how, you know, if it it bothers us Mm. as relatives, how scary it must be for the person who suffers to be in a room full of people that they don't recognise or have... You know, that must be horrendous.
4: Yeah, and I mean, it can happen to anybody. This is the thing. It's more common, obviously, over the age of 65. Um, Family members can help their loved one by learning as much as possible about dementia. So by seeking emotional support for themselves, as well as having their loved ones access, support and services, staying engaged with life and the usual routines and activities, making adjustments as necessary, I suppose, and Mm. reassure your loved one that they can continue to live well with dementia. It is frightening in Mm. that early diagnosis to understand Mm. what's going on and how that's going to impact. Planning can also be a big part of how um, they can actually uh, understand consequences are I suppose
0: Mm. when somebody's at the stage where they don't recognize relatives and and we I think we've established that it is very uncomfortable for the relative but also for the person it would be terribly uncomfortable for them to be find themselves in a room full of people that they don't recognize or you know believe they're connected with in any way so as a relative what should we be doing how should we handle that
4: we actually have a whole lot of support networks in place where they can actually go and get seek advice. We have a website that has an incredible amount of information oh, yeah. that good. people can go to to seek help. There's there's over a 100 help sheets in all different languages oh,
0: fantastic. Um,
4: yeah. where people can actually access information that's actually going to be able to cover a lot of those questions. Yeah, they cause... can ring the helpline at any time with a question as that and the support services there will actually be able to unpack that for them and give them some responses and, and a way to understand there's an awful lot of support available for Fantastic. families and we really do encourage people to tap into that because unfortunately a lot of people don't know that that service is it there. exists
0: yeah, yeah that's right and and just on that point so we're talking about, you know, sort of Australian relatives, but mm. imagine coming out from another country, you don't speak English. Yes. And you find yourself suffering dementia, and you, not only do you not recognise the people around you, but you're in a strange country. That yeah,
1: where's be, this strange place? Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. yeah, that yeah. That would be oh, exactly. Awful. People from core communities face difficulties with language,
4: lack of knowledge and understanding of the service available yes. to people living with dementia there is an awful lot of information that we can help support in a whole lot of different languages on our website so there is information there and if they're just by going to you know www.dementia.org there's it, it's the first place to go but our helpline is also the the number that they should be ringing so 1-800-100-500 that will actually be triaged fairly quickly into the necessary path that they need to take and um, a lot of support available through those those links.
0: Good. And what is the science telling us Mari? What What's science saying? Are we making any advances at all?
4: Um, they, um, considerable research effort is being put into the development of better tools for accurate and early diagnosis so research continues to prove new insights that in future may promote early detection and improve the diagnosis of dementia so they've Looking at now better dementia assessment tests that are suitable for people from diverse educational, social, linguistic and cultural backgrounds. So they're actually trying to tap into um, all of those areas where people generally, you know, unless you're speaking English, it Mm -hmm. makes it difficult to actually get some of those um, tests happening. But now they're actually bringing up some new assessment tests in that area. Mm. New computerised cognitive assessment tests which can improve the delivery of the test and simplify the process. Um, We're we're also working... um, with aged care organisations to better support to ensure dementia is front of mind and recognised as mm. a key is- issue.
0: Um, yes, we've noticed that there's a call for dementia to be part of this Royal Commission that's about to take place.
4: Oh, it's, it's something that, yes, certainly we are very much... Um, Reporting and hoping that there will be some really good outcomes for people living with dementia going forward.
0: Yes, most people that we've spoken to have, you know, just said, "Well, it's about time." So, which is sad in a Mm. way, but um, let's hope. I mean, I don't know if you watched the Four Corners program, but uh, I I did not have a dry eye. It was just, Mm. just so sad.
4: There are organisations out there doing an amazing job. Yes, but yes. we do need to be aware that there are some practices going on that really do need to be um,
0: checked. Yes, mm. uh, yeah. And so what is the care sector doing, in your opinion, Mari? Um, I
4: guess we... There's a whole lot of... we actually provide a whole lot of education to that space where we are looking at their models of care and how they care for people with dementia and making their lives meaningful and engaging. Um, There is an awful lot going on in that space and people, uh, there are organisations out there that are doing a fantastic job of making their life really engaging and meaningful Right through to that palliative stage, which is mm-hmm. really fabulous. So mm-hmm. there are, oh, there is a whole lot going out, out on out there in the marketplace where people are actually looking at um, ways that they can actually still give people meaning and purpose um, mm. right right through the all stages of the dementia. Um, is it true?
0: Mari, that one of the last things to go, as far as memory goes, is the, in a dementia patient, is the memory for music.
4: Um, that can be one of the things that actually still uh, engages people really well because it's like a, it's something that they will remember the words. Yeah, um, it's like a, a, it's a procedural trigger. memory yeah. where mm. they've they've sung it so often and, and understood it and re- it's really deeply embedded mm. and that, so when they actually a song comes on that they know that they actually it's a, it's a deeply embedded memory that they can recognise and repeat and, yes. and it does actually bring it's a beautiful way to actually engage with a resident and the yes. same with them, art, art does the same thing so mm, it's interesting. really interesting mm. what they're doing in the way of, of activities and getting people to actually still enjoy and, and understand things through things that they've done for their whole life. It's about meaningful engagement, really. Something that's been really meaningful for the resident throughout their time to actually tap into some of those things and really really get them to enjoy what they still can while they can yes yeah because
0: i guess it's when we're playing music or when we're you know painting or writing or any of those creative activities we're accessing that part of the brain that creative alpha state of the brain and um which is really highly highly creative so that's you know that's wonderful to think about that anyway yeah. Yes. Well, thank you Mari for joining us today. Thank
4: you very much for having me. We very much appreciate it. We are encouraging everybody to become a dementia friend throughout September and ongoing. We're looking for uh, 20,000 sign-ups by June next year. So Ooh, it's dementiafriendly.org.au if everybody could um, get online and, yeah. and uh, it's a, a series of three um, videos that we encourage people to watch at a little workshop and at the end they'll be sent a dementia friendly pin and um, we really are encouraging everybody. It, it is the small things that can help make uh, a real difference to someone with dementia so That's if great. you could spread the word for us we'd we will. love it um, absolutely marie <laughs> i'm fantastic. sure thank i'm sure our listeners
0: have enjoyed what you've had to say yes. so thank you and enjoy thank the you rest of your for day having us. thank okay, you okay, okay. bye okay. now Bye-bye. take care now bye, bye. this is rdouble aged age Stage. when we come back sir paul mccartney still as creative as ever at age 76 Amazing. what a honey i'm looking forward to, to this okay so this is The Age Stage, brought to you each week by our fm in association with Aftercare Australasia. This week, 76-year-old Paul McCartney... 76. Yes, Can you believe it? Wow. ...earned his first number one album in over 36 years. Isn't that amazing?
1: Yes, his 23rd uh, number yeah. one album, too. And uh, I've, I've actually heard a few bits and pieces yeah? of it. It's sounding quite good, and he's also being a bit controversial there with is the it? song about Trump and oh, things really? like that. So good to see he's still a bit of a rebel of heart. Well, there.
0: remember... When he did that song, Give Ireland Give Back to the Irish. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah so he's yeah. always been there. Uh,
1: over the fingers yeah, for that. He one, did, didn't he? <laughs> certainly did,
0: yeah. And soon he embarks on a world tour to support the new album, Egypt Station. Is that the one you're talking about? Yes, that's,
1: that's the new album, okay. yeah. Fantastic. Great After
0: name. After a surprise appearance at the Cavern in Liverpool, imagine that.
1: <laughs> Just, you
0: know, out comes Paul McCartney. And an impromptu performance at New York's uh, Central Station. So. Actually,
1: he's been popping up in a lot he of has. places. He did that uh, thing with the comedian yeah, in the car yes. singing, Baby, You Can Drive My That's Car. That's right, yeah. And then they end up at a pub. That's did you hard. see how yeah. they did that? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that, yeah was on Facebook, that was fantastic. And that was in Liverpool, actually. Was it? So his hometown. So mm. you had all these people just queuing up, you know, yeah. to come into this pub for a free concert. Yeah, you know, how
0: amazing.
1: They were just yelling out songs and they'd say, do Sergeant Pepper's. But, yeah, he'd start doing it. It was fantastic. So, uh, but oh, yeah. let's uh, have a Those listen to what he had to say to Paul Savage of the BBC.